Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. To join in on the conversation, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, this is the final episode of Season 3 of the MattWatchThat podcast. We'll be returning in 2024 on New Year's Day, so mark your calendars. Until then, I wanted to wish everyone happy holidays. Christmas is coming early for me. Disney Plus is releasing Percy Jackson and the Olympians on December 20th. I'm looking forward to this one because it's my favorite book series. Now, I'm not what you would call a reader. So when I heard about these novels with Greek gods in the modern world, I was intrigued. I always liked those types of stories, so I decided to pick up the books. I was pleasantly surprised by how creative it was. The way Rick Riordan took the tales we know about Zeus, Poseidon, Ares, and all the gods, and put a little twist on them was really inventive. I think my favorite is The Titan's Curse. I've reread that one a couple of times now. It's always entertaining. But all the books are a great adventure with a lot of heart and humor. Even though it's geared towards kids, I think a general audience can enjoy it. There were two films based off the first two books, which were... Well, the less said the better. All I'll mention is that Camp Half-Blood is located on Long Island, and in the movie version, it was supposed to be Long Island, but there were majestic mountains in the background. I don't know if anyone's been to Long Island. We got some walking trails, a couple of nice beaches, and a lighthouse if you're willing to drive 10 hours, but no mountains. So, I don't need adaptations to follow the books faithfully. It's almost impossible to be 100% accurate when you have to take a 300-page novel and whittle it down to 120 screenplay pages, but to completely abandon almost everything that made the book successful was a poor choice and highly disappointing for fans but it looks like the creator, Rick Riordan, is heavily involved, and there is a desire to adapt all five books in series form, which would be epic, because while they can stand alone, there is an overarching storyline that ties everything together, and it'd be great to see it all play out. It also stars Walker Scobell, who was amazing in The Atom Project and Secret Headquarters. He knows when to deliver a dramatic moment, but also how to deliver a snarky one-liner, so I trust him to embody the character of Percy Jackson. So as an extra bonus, a stocking stuffer, I've added the trailer for Percy Jackson and the Olympians on the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube. On to the main attraction. 
Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is skip it. Two stars watch at your own risk. Three stars standard fare. Four stars worth checking out. And five stars must see. Now, if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reviewing Four Christmases from 2008. It was directed by Seth Gordon, who helmed Horrible Bosses, Identity Thief, Baywatch, and episodes of Parks and Rec, The Office, and The Goldbergs. The screenplay was co-written by Matt Allen and Caleb Wilson, who scribed Soul Surfer and Mighty Oak, and John Lucas and Scott Moore, who penned The Hangover Trilogy, The Change-Up, and Bad Moms. It was based on a story by Matt Allen and Caleb Wilson. It stars Vince Vaughn as Brad McVie, best known for his roles in Old School, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story, and Wedding Crashers. His breakthrough was in the movie Swingers, which was written by his friend John Favreau, who met on the set of the biographical sports drama Rudy. Steven Spielberg decided to cast him in the Jurassic Park sequel, The Lost World. His latest acting gig was in the TV series Curb Your Enthusiasm as Freddie Funkhauser. Kate Kincaid is portrayed by Reese Witherspoon, of Legally Blonde fame. Her debut was in the coming-of-age film The Man in the Moon, which led to roles in A Far-Off Place, SFW, Freeway, and Fear. But it would be the trio of Pleasantville, Cruel Intentions, and Election that raised her profile for parts in Legally Blonde, Sweet Home Alabama, and her Oscar-winning performance as June Carter in Walk the Line. She's currently starring in The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston. There was a rumor that they didn't get along on set due to their clashing acting styles. Witherspoon wanted to rehearse and block out scenes, whereas Vaughn relied more on improvising and ad-libbing. I don't think it's apparent on screen, and if so, it adds to their character's relationship. This is something to look out for. While filming the dinner scene, Reese Witherspoon was actually hit by a plate in the face and required stitches, which delayed shooting a couple of days. So let's jump into it. Brad McVie and Kate Kincaid have been dating for three years. They're a successful, modern couple who like to roleplay, take dance lessons, and play board games. They're happy and not interested in getting married or having children because of the pressure and stress it brings. Both are from families of divorce and don't want to repeat those patterns in their own lives. During their relationship, they've gone on trips during the holidays to avoid spending it with their relatives. This year, they've booked a vacation to Fiji while telling their parents they're doing charity work inoculating babies in Burma. On their way to San Francisco International Airport, a thick fog rolls into the Bay Area, and all flights have been grounded. A local reporter approaches Brad and Kate for an interview, which all their parents see, and invite them to spend the holidays at their houses. As they visit their four families, they start to discover details about each other's lives that were previously unknown, which makes them question their relationship. Here's a quote without context. My childhood was like the Shawshank Redemption, except I didn't have some kind, older, soft-spoken, gentle black man to share my struggle with. Four Christmases impressed me as a movie. When I was researching the film, there were a ton of negative reviews. And while I don't allow that to sour my opinion, it didn't make me excited to watch it, but I was pleasantly surprised. This is a funny movie. There are many memorable scenes, including a satellite dish setup, game night with the family, a bounce house wrestling match. These all led to audible laughs, right from the belly. The cast is all-star. 
Robert Duvall, John Favreau, Katie Mixon, Tim McGraw, Mary Steenburgen, Kristen Chenoweth, Carol Kane, Colleen Camp, Dwight Yoakam, Sissy Spacek, and John Voigt. My biggest fear was how the filmmakers would create four stories that felt unique. The first family visit was so strong that I felt other plots would be a letdown, but they were able to have a signature moment with each family. The only plot hole that bothered me was that in three years of dating, there was no reason for Brad and Kate to ever meet each other's families. What about birthdays, Thanksgivings, children's baptisms? Also, the ending resolved itself pretty quickly. It's a short movie, but I think they could have added five to seven minutes to have a more satisfying resolution to the legitimate issues that Brad and Kate were facing. Otherwise, I think it's a relatable movie for people who stress over the holidays and cringe at the thought of spending it with people who don't understand you. It's very funny, worth repeat viewings. Now for a little trivial trivia. One of the executive producers was Peter Billingsley, who starred as Ralphie Parker in the holiday classic, A Christmas Story. He has a cameo as a ticket agent in the airport. Four Christmases was produced by Gary Barber, Jonathan Glickman, and Roger Birnbaum. It was filmed in San Francisco, Santa Clarita, and Renmar Studios in Los Angeles, California. The cinematography was captured by Jeffrey L. Kimball, whose filmography includes Top Gun, Jacob's Ladder, Mission Impossible 2, and The Expendables. It was co-edited by Mark Helfrich, who worked on Rush Hour, Red Dragon, X-Men The Last Stand, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle and its sequel, and Melissa Kent, who's known for The Virgin Suicides, Crossroads, Crazy Beautiful, and The Age of Adeline. The score was composed by Alex Werman, who wrote the music for Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, March of the Penguins, and Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. The soundtrack featured songs by Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, Martina McBride, Sarah McLaughlin, Perry Como, and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. The runtime is 1 hour 29 minutes. It had a budget of $80 million and grossed $163 million at the box office. On the Ski Index... I give it four and a half out of five stars. As a holiday movie, you could probably knock it down to four, but as a comedy, it's totally my sense of humor. If you've seen Four Christmases and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there'll be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. I came across a video where animals ask humans for help. I thought it was heartwarming and appropriate for the holiday season. Shows the better side of humanity. It also reminded me of a time that I tried to help an animal. I've always been one to feed strays. My parents didn't encourage it, but they didn't discourage it either. And there were these two kittens that appeared in my backyard. I called one mittens because it was orange, with white only on its paws. The other was a black and white tuxedo cat. So I had a hot dog, and I was peeling pieces from it and feeding them. The black and white cat got a little too eager and bit me, taking off a piece of my skin. So of course, my parents had to bring me to the hospital for a tetanus shot. I might have had to take antibiotics, too. It was probably an overreaction. That hasn't deterred me from helping animals. For the past couple of years, there have been three generations of bunnies that I've fed. 
The first one that I encountered was so small that you just wanted to do anything to help. So you leave out some carrots, lettuce, on a hot day, some water. Then that one grew up, hooked up with another bunny, and there were five in that litter. I guess they do multiply quick. But they've since fled the coop. Recently, one of them returned, just to remind me that he's still there. And speaking of other little critters, of course I can't pass up giving some peanuts to the squirrels I come across. Right? There's something about them. They're a little skittish, but also very funny, and have provided me at least 10 to 15 minutes of entertainment. So I'll post the video, just one this week, because it's about 30 minutes anyway. It's available in the Matt Watch That Playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Extras. Created by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, the minds behind The Office, An Idiot Abroad, and Life's Too Short, it might not be their most successful collaboration, but it's certainly my favorite. It tells the story of Andy Millman, a serious actor reduced to working as a background extra on sets until he gets his big break, which could prove difficult with his incompetent agent, Darren Lamb. It stars Ricky Gervais, Ashley Jensen, Stephen Merchant, Sean Williams, and Sean Pye. Each episode features a guest star who plays exaggerated versions of themselves, including Kate Winslet, Ben Stiller, Samuel L. Jackson, Patrick Stewart, Orlando Bloom, David Bowie, Daniel Radcliffe, and Ian McKellen. There are multiple laugh-out-loud moments in each episode. It's definitely a lot of cringe humor, which I do prefer, but I think what most people misrepresent about those types of jokes is the target. Most of the time, the character of Andy Millman is in the wrong, or the cause of the embarrassing encounter, and Ricky Gervais is the king of prolonging an awkward moment. But, in my opinion, the star is Stephen Merchant. I believe this is his first co-starring role in a television series. He made a couple of appearances in The Office, and would go on to appear in Hot Fuzz, Hall Pass, Logan, and Good Boys. Everything about him is awkward. He's six foot seven, he's a little goofy, a little awkward, but he's so quick with a punchline, and I feel that he really brought a lot of the humor, whereas Gervais, believe it or not, focused more on the heart and humanity of the people, and I think that's why their collaboration works so well. In my opinion, they haven't achieved that balance in their own offerings. But anyway, on the DVD, the extras include a blooper reel, which, you know, I always love and a featurette called The Art of Corpsing, where the actors not only break character, but can't stop laughing. If you're ever in a bad mood, just put on that. It'll brighten up your day. Extras was on for two seasons, 12 episodes from 2005 to 2007. Its finale was a 90-minute Christmas special. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed, or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for the reviews, rants, and randomness.
but it would be the trio of Pleasantville, Cruel Intentions, and Election that raised her profile for parts in Legally Blonde, Sweet Home Alabama, Alabama. While filming the desert, desert scene, 